0: Walks. Connecting. London Walks here with your daily London fix. Story time. History time. Amid all the usual conventional forelock-tugging hoopla surrounding the birth of Prince George a few years ago, the satirical magazine Private Eye headlined the story, Woman Gives Birth. Very private eye, that. It was its way of breaking step cocking a snook, taking the mickey, saying, Give me a break. Come on, get real, people. That's one pennant run up the flagpole of the January 29th London History Bulletin. Another one is a piece of advice I was given by a grizzled old veteran guide right after I started guiding 43 years ago. It was the best piece of advice I was ever given. He said, If you see their eyes start to glaze over, just talk about sex or death, then you'll have them back instantly. And the corollary of that is talk about sex and death, and it doubles the impact. And sure enough, we've got a woman gives birth tale that comes accompanied with sex and possibly death for today's the January 29th London History Bulletin. It's January 29th, 1801. The location is a house at 23 Piccadilly. And ho-hum, a woman gives birth. Big deal, right? Changes it, though, when you up the ante by saying it was a married woman and the father of the child wasn't the woman's husband. And for good measure, add that the father of the child was the greatest naval hero in the history of this seafaring nation, and that he only had one arm and one eye. How prurient are those physical details, especially the one-arm business. Everybody will have wondered about the physical act of their lovemaking, and it doesn't stop there. The three of them, cuckolded husband, wife, and her one-armed naval hero lover, were all living together under the same roof. The naval hero had left his wife's lodgings, their marriage finally ended, and moved in with his heavily pregnant lover and her husband. It's almost irresistible, isn't it? The private eye of the day was the output of some of the most gifted caricaturists in this country's long and illustrious canter in that vicious, cocking-a-snook art form, especially James Gilray. His caricatures showed Admiral Nelson, yes, it was he, As a seducer, Sir William Hamilton, he was the elderly husband, as a cuckold, and his wife, the woman in question, Emma Hamilton, as an obese nymphomaniac. So, plenty of sex to the woman gives birth, cocked Snook. Zero chance of any eyes being glazed over there. But you top up the tale with a dash of death. Emma Hamilton gave birth to twins one of whom is believed to have died and may have been stillborn. Or, this gets even more sensational, it may have been a rumored death. There's been a school of thought, 220 years later, historians are still debating the matter, there's been a school of thought that both of those baby girls were healthy, that Emma Hamilton, Nelson's mistress, could only cope with one newborn, and she sent the other one to a foundling hospital in Holborn. I think it's nonsense, but I'm not every historian. There are historians who hold out for the verity of the the she-dispatched-the-other-baby-girl-to-a-foundling-hospital rumor. Add that to the mix, and not only were eyes not glazed over in 1801, they're not even glazed over in 2023. The hairs that one starts. If it's true... What a Sophie's Choice moment that was for the glamorous Mrs. Hamilton. And what happened to the Foundling Hospital infant? It's arresting stuff. Anyway, the next time you're out Piccadilly Way, maybe cast your mind back to what happened there on January 29th, 1801. I'll make a prediction. You won't be able to not cast your mind back to that drama. That's the impact, sex, and death rumored or otherwise, has unglazed eyes. And shall we make this one a golem of How about a bit more on the circus show of the Thai language, the wonders of it? You've listened to either or both of the two podcasts that preceded this one. You will know about the operational character of word formation in Thai. So for today's entry, we have the Thai word for zebra. It's made up of horse plus stripe. Marry the tie word for horse to the tie word for stripe, and of course, you've got zebra. And we can make this even more of a golem offry with a quick announcement. London Walks guides, they're an extremely talented, creative bunch of people. And that's by way of directing your gaze toward top-drawer, blue-badge guide Rick Jones' new walk, The Rugby Tour, subtitled, To Accompany the Six Nations Tournament. It's got an anniversary. Rick's produced it because of the anniversary. It's the bicentenary of the football match when William Webb Ellis, a scholar at rugby school, with a fine disregard for the rules, picked up the ball and ran with it, thereby creating the new game. It starts on February 3rd at 2 p.m. from Temple Underground Station. There will be five more bites at the cherry. On February 17th, February 24th, March 3rd, March 10th, and March 17th, all at 2 p.m. from Temple Tube. Just put Rugby Tour into the little search engine on www.walks.com. And to describe Rick Jones as a top-flight, blue-badge guide doesn't begin to do him justice. Rick Jones is the distinguished London arts critic, secretary of the Critics Circle, etc., And he's got form, rugby-wise. He played one match, as he laughingly admits, one match only, for Harlequin, the top-flight professional rugby union club. If you're shaking your head in wonder and murmuring, these high-powered guides, how does London Walks do it? Well, you should be. And it's our secret how we do it. A secret that I reveal toward the end of this podcast. You've been listening to the London History Bulletin for January 29th. Emanating from www.walks.com, home of London Walks, London's signature walking tour company, London's local, time-honored, fiercely independent, family-owned, just the right size walking tour company. And as long as we're at it, London's multi-award-winning walking tour company, indeed, You want them guiding for you, not for somebody else. Bears repeating, the way we're structured, it guides cooperative, is the key to the whole thing. It's the reason for all those awards. It's the reason people who know go with London Walks. It's the reason we've got a large following, a lively, loyal, discerning following. Quality attracts quality. It's the reason we're able, uniquely, to front our walks with accomplished, in many cases, distinguished professionals. Barristers, doctors, geologists, museum curators, archaeologists, historians, criminal defense lawyers, Royal Shakespeare Company actors, a bevy of MVPs, Oscar winners, people who've won the Guide of the Year Award. Well, you get the idea. As that travel writer famously put it, if this were a golf tournament... Every name on the leaderboard would be a London Walks guide. And as we put it, London Walks guides make the new familiar, and the familiar new. And on that agreeable note, come then, let us go forward together on some great London Walks. See you tomorrow.